Game Boys. I, I wish SeaWorld was ethical because I really enjoyed it as a kid. Yeah, I'm just glad there hasn't been a documentary about the Baltimore Aquarium. <laughs> like, because I'm sure it's awful, <laughs> but like there hasn't been one. So I can still be like, yeah, no, my childhood fish were great. They were all very happy. It's they're like it's like the Baltimore plant that mixed the vaccines. We accidentally mixed the animals and all the tanks into one sort of battle royale tank. They have that in Georgia. Oh my god, why? The Atlanta Aquarium has just like a giant fucking huge glass cylinder that is filled with like all kinds of fish that you that like you can pay a bunch of money to go scuba diving in. Oh, I hate that. And it has like a whale shark in it. And like octopus, octopod, octopodes rather, and like all sorts of crazy things in the same tube. Yep, that, that's less of a battle royale than more of a harmony coexistence. I, I like that. Yeah, but like, you know, you tilt the pH in that water by a tiny bit, and you turn, you flag PVP. Yeah, exactly. You flag <laughs> PVP, and that shit becomes crazy. There's um, like, there's like one, like one misclick away from shit going wild in there. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm turning, I'm turning. Turning uh, to the audience for a second. I was looking at you. Now I'm turning outwards <laughs> to the audience. And I want the audience know that me and me and Lux, we are we've been thinking a lot about, you know, what to do with the podcast. And, you know, typically people would do like, you know, new episodes, new content. But we've listened to the fans and we've decided the best thing is we're going to remake all of the episodes <laughs> leading up to this one. We're going to go back and we're going to just redo them word for word with a slightly nicer microphone. Um, yeah. And uh, I'm really excited about that project. That's going to be the next 300 episodes. Uh, yeah. So look forward to that. We're going to have to get the guests back on. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Not, we haven't told no, any of them. <laughs> We've burnt at the bridges with most of the guests, so it will be impressions uh, of the guests. Hey, it's me, Jared. <laughs> but I could what do it. Yeah, I, yeah, I could that's, do a better Jared bridge we burned from last week uh, with Jared. He was um, so mad that we made him talk about Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> he was pissed, and honestly, I like him when he's mad. It was you know. so honestly i like not just like rehash an episode we already did but the, the fact that he just sort of came on and was like i can't kayfabe giving a shit about anything anymore <laughs> and it was just incredible. like spend an hour and 40 minutes not giving a shit was like holy that this is like premium alpha stuff it it, it was like the it was like old the old captain america meme no i, I don't think i will or whatever yeah, that yeah, line totally. is um yeah it was it was beautiful to see. Um, I really, really liked it. Um, and so he's free, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Genie, you're free. Um, that's, that was my last wish. Um, but guys, welcome to game boys. I'm Griffin and I'm Lux. And, uh, we are of course always joined by producer extraordinaire and elite gamer Haley on the whoa, 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 ones and twos. Yeah, and it's just the boys this week. And you know, we've been we we've been doing some movie episodes. We've been jump we've been jumping around. We've been jumping around, and uh, you know, we're back. And, and we we decided that you guys have not had enough video game discourse in your diet. That you're not you're not you're you're. We've been malnourishing you. We've been bad podcasters. So we are going to talk about 100 games today. Yeah. You may think that the reason we've been doing other stuff is that we have been playing video games. This is wrong. We've just been playing video games and then absolutely failing to talk about it on our video games podcast for weeks and weeks. And this week we are going to correct that problem and talk about it a bunch of games. It is a torrent. We, we, are un, we are unleashing the tapes. This is the WikiLeaks dump. Uh, we are talking about every game that I never expected to buy. All right. Should we start with the games that <laughs> we're so playing? Broke. Yeah, right. Should we start with the games that we're playing that the other one's not playing and then get into the ones we're both playing later? Is that how we should do this? I, I think so. I think so. And I just right off the top two minutes, I do want to hear your take on the last of us remake oh, um, because right. there was a new, just one news story here at the top um, that Sony has been working on the last of us one remake um, and that they had a separate studio start it, but then they thought the separate studio wasn't doing it well enough. So they moved it into their main naughty dog department as opposed to working on anything else. Yeah, so my reaction to this, as my reaction has been to so many things lately, is just what the fuck are we doing? <laughs> like, yeah. it's this game was current gen a year ago. Like one year ago, this was a current gen game. 
like like it was like updated to like yeah. the ps4 right yeah like mm-hmm. and so like what do we need a remake for it's just like i guess it's because like the show is coming out and they want to be able to be like watch the show and while you're watching the show remember to buy these two ps5 games and like yeah it's I, like the mcdonald's happy meal kids toy of a of a production yeah it just seems like such a waste because like it whether okay so whether you're like a big naughty dog fan or not i think it's sort of easy to agree that the coolest thing they could do is make a new thing like whether it's another last of us thing or some other new property or whatever that's like a much more interesting thing to do with your time than just remake a game that like was that like everyone's already played the coolest thing you could do is kill joel at the beginning of last of us one remake and that would be sick just- and just jokerify the whole money pile. Yeah. Um, like that's that's the cool if we want to talk about the coolest thing you could do. Right. The coolest thing would be, be that. call it a remake and then just like fuck it up totally and just like make everyone go insane. That, that is the, Joel from the beginning. Or you you go into the hospital at the end of the game and then all of a sudden you're playing as the doctor and he has a blowtorch. And <laughs> And you just kill Joel again. The whole uh, game yeah, is just Joel from the perspectives Samir. of the people around Joel and Ellie. And it's just like, these people are awful. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but like, you know, I, this uh, I mean, it's for me the most insane thing about I, I don't think I'm a, I, I'm anti remake. In fact, there are plenty of games that have been like remade or like re HD and brought new life to the game in a lot of incredible ways. I'm thinking about um, Shadow of the Colossus was a great remake uh, and games like that. Um, Final Fantasy 7, which was like a total meta, basically new game in a lot of ways. Um, but like I'm looking at this Last of Us one remake and I'm like, yeah, this game is already incredible as is, um, doesn't need a graphical upgrade. And Last of Us 2 is just the same combat again. Uh, so it, it's not like we're like, oh, that that old combat style that we get to play again. It's the same as Last of Us 2. So it doesn't make sense on that level. But in the grander sense, the thing that really pisses me off about this is that there are so many incredible Naughty Dog franchises that are dead right now. Yeah. I mean, if you want to talk about doing a remaster, Jack and Dexter, Sly Cooper, like there's like a whole list uh, of, of franchises that go on and on that like could deserve that treatment and like would would do gangbusters and people would be excited about. Right. Well, that's I think uh, that's a big thing for me here is that like there's no like visual like I guess the way to put it is that like the the Last of Us game is either one or two were like mega visually driven. They were very good visually, but that wasn't like the main hook of the games. Like there wasn't like a huge, like great visual style going on. That was like super compelling. Like the core was like, it's like ethical questions in the story, these characters. Um, mm-hmm. But you talk about like Sly Cooper, Jack and Daxter. Imagine how cool those like really cool designed, weird animated games would look with modern technology. Like that's like a kind of game where upscaling it makes sense. Even that's like the purpose of a remake. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> Even like the Mass Effect four, the new Mass Effect remasters that are coming out are like debatably that's like too soon for a remake, but like at least like that's outer space shit and outer space shit's going to look way cooler and like 1080 super rendered or whatever. But like the Mass Effect, like there's just, there's like, what's the upshot here? here? Like, like, <laughs> like, you know, there, there's, there's like SOCOM, uh, Twisted Metal, uh, you know, uh, yeah, twi- PS5 Twisted Metal, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's so easy. It's like, hire us. Uh, and, and the other thing is, it's like, uh, I, the one thing I do want to say is uh, there was a list of game, of franchises on Twitter that people were mentioning that like should be remade instead. And, <laughs> and someone mentioned a bunch of good games, but then also mentioned Knack. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. That is that that is knack pilled. That's crazy. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, look, I, I can't go that far. Everyone's got to get pilled by something. So it's not crazy <laughs> that someone out there that there's like a knack pilled guy out there <laughs> that wants to remake a still what feels like a pretty recent game. Um, so uh, let's talk about actual games now that we've gotten the news out of the way. Um, a game that I've been playing, Lux, that you haven't been is It Takes Two. Um, for those of you who don't know, it is um, a co-op only game that is split screen. Um, it is about uh, a family that is divorcing and the daughter uh, basically curses her mom and dad into these little toys that she made. And then you play as the mom and dad who have to work together to sort of do these platforming puzzles um, and while like basically the entire house wants to kill you for some reason, like every piece of furniture and all the 
vacuums. They all hate you and they want to kill you because you're, um, you know, you're just a toy on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it is uh, it's co-op only, though, which is like the really interesting thing is you cannot play this game solo. You have to uh, play it with a friend. Uh, I played it with uh, Gretchen on stream last night and, and uh, it's really, really good. It's like really, really substantial. The puzzles are really simple, but fun. And it, it, when I play it, it feels like it has like the amount of ideas that like a Mario level could have in it in terms of like all the things they're throwing at you, all the different new toys they give you to do the puzzles. It's really fun. But what I will say, though, is it's also very hard. And I think a lot of people see this game and are like, oh, this is like the perfect game for like a couple or like if someone or a friend who's a non gamer to like get something to play with together. Uh, it's pretty difficult platforming. I mean, it's simple, but it's like uh, it will be stressful for someone who doesn't play a lot of games. Um, that's very funny um, because it does everything about it does seem to be like this is the game you can use to get your non gamer person in your life into gaming. Uh, and then it's just like, and now it's dark souls. Good luck. Yeah. And, and yeah. And now it's literally like the first boss. Like we took us like an hour. Hell yeah. <laughs> so here are a couple questions. One, is there local co-op or is it only online? Both, which is really cool. That's cool. That, um, that makes me, that would make me think about getting it because I don't love, as is well described in the podcast, I don't love playing games online, uh, but I do love couch co-op and so the idea of having a game that I could play with friends once the pandemic's over with people who I'm living with now, like that sounds great to me. Totally. And, um, you know, it does like I, I played it with Gretchen and then later in the night I played it with my brother and, you know, it does lose a little bit of mileage when you've solved the puzzles already, yeah. like to like replay it. Like it's not super replayable. So like your playthrough kind of probably will be your playthrough, um, but it is really satisfying while you're doing it. Um, and then I think the really smart touch that they did with this game is um, they have something called the friend pass. Basically, you only have to buy this game once. Not both people don't have to buy it. Um, you can go to Steam and if you're the other friend, you can download the free version called Friend Pass, which means you can't start the game, but it's installed on your computer. And then once you get the invite link, you're both online playing, which I think is really smart. Yeah, that's really good because the uh, that was the next thing I was going to ask is like the the, tr the tradition of these kind of games is that they're turbo grift in that sense where it's like, oh, you mm -hmm. want to play a game with your friends? Here's a game and you all have to pay $60 to play it. Right. Uh, it's like this one's $40. So like you would have to pay $80 to even play it technically, right. you know, which I think is such a crazy ask. So I think it's really smart. Yeah, that is really smart. That's a really good approach and one that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I recommend it. I think it's I think it's super fun. Play with a friend. Um, you know, even if it's just like still about like kind of like, I don't know, pretty shallow divorce story. It's like a lot of times my brother was just like, can we skip this? Like, yeah. It feels <laughs> it feels particularly weird um, because like it's this like. I, I mean, I don't know what the end of the story is, but like, is the upshot of this narrative that like they realize that they shouldn't get divorced after all? And it's like, well, that's maybe not the best lesson. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think the I think the lesson is most likely going to be that, like, they need to be able to work together. Um, and I don't know if that means they stay together at the end or not. Uh, but the weird thing is, too, is it's like, you know, just because you're developing a game for like couples to play together don't make it about a relationship that like the couple has to like reflect on constantly like what if it was just about two buds or yeah. like two cool guys or something just, just like, like two cool bros uh going on a cool platforming trip i was playing this other game maquette that's free on ps5 that's uh very similar and it's like it's also about a relationship that's like very very twee and soy in this like uh, into intolerable way and it's just like god can we can i just like play a co-op game or something or puzzle game with people that's not about a relationship falling apart make, um make more games final <laughs> fantasy 15 is what i have to say more exactly, games should just yeah. be fucking cool road trip. cool bros and bros being dudes or ladies gender gender sort of aside just that cool folks kind of like driving white around boy in a summer. cool car that was that video game is white boy summer that video game, uh, no well if white boy summer didn't have so many weird uncomfortable positive Bad. Yeah, if White Boy Summer seemed cool and not terrible, it would be Final Fantasy yeah. 15. If 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 White Boy Summer was chaotic good, it's Final Fantasy 15. Totally. And had more cup of noodles. <laughs> um, but Lex, what's a game that you've been playing that I haven't? So I've been playing a game recommended by our friend Burf called uh, 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim. And, and that game is fake. It's not real. Um, no, it's real. 
Um, it's by Atlas, the creators of uh, beloved the beloved game uh, Persona Five and other okay. Persona Shimigami Tensei games. Um, and basically, aka date your teacher sim. Yeah, uh, exactly so. And in this game, you play as various mech pilots who are like fighting uh, kaiju aliens that are invading, you know, the world. Um, mm-hmm. But you're also jump between fights. You're jumping around through time and like hearing pe- and like learning people's stories and like doing these like social interaction things where you have to like kind of like not even solve puzzles yet, but it's just like talk to people and figure things out and like put the story together. And it's very visual novel with some like light combat in it. But it's really fun because like already from the beginning, it's very clearly like there's weird time travel happening and there's like all this weird plot backstory and like who made these robots, where they come from. Why were they sent back in time from the future to do that? Like, so there's a lot of cool plots of going on. I will say the so far, the fighting and like the action parts are pretty shallow. I'm not sure how far into the game I am, really. I mean, I'm not that far, Um, but it just feels like a lot of it is really easy. And this is a game that you play on your flip phone. No, this is a game that I play on my PlayStation 5. Oh, wow. Um, It takes all that. It needs all that. I think it was also released on PS4, but I'm not sure. Sounds like a Switch game. It looks good. It looks cool. It, I mean, yeah, it does. That is true. It feels like it could be a Switch game for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it, but it hasn't. It's it's a good game that I like click into when I'm not playing sort of other more like directly involved, like fully focused games. The problem mm-hmm. is right now I've reactivated my Comixology account, which means that uh, anytime I want to just like watch a bunch of characters talk to each other, I just like read Hellboy. Um, so it's like not I haven't gone back to that game as much regularly because fucking the Mike Mignola Hellboys are the best for sure. And, uh, and oftentimes I'm just caught staring at my Hellboy poster um, in the bathroom. Yeah. Um, so I, I think one day I think there will be a game that sort of does the destroy all humans concept. But from the perspective of a kaiju, like I'd like to just play a kaiju who yeah. has to like attack cities and there's like all these like robot defenders there's sort of a level along those lines (laughs) in psychonauts i think oh really nice um i think it's psychonauts where you where there's like you're a kaiju and you're in a city and just like fight this other kaiju but you end up like destroying much of the city and stuff yeah um rip to psychonauts by rip i mean where's the sequel come on Mm -hmm. uh remake it uh so (laughs) which one are we doing which one are we doing first Uh, let's call it i mean let's start with uh let's start with monster hunter because that's probably the least like directly pertinent so let's save the save the stuff that's popping off for later you know whenever i see whenever i read monster monster hunter i hear the dog the bounty hunter theme song (laughs) the monster hunter (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's fair man that game is so cool (laughs) I, I I enjoy it. I enjoy it despite not loving it. I think in the way that people like absolutely adore it. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a group of which several of our friends, including several guests who've been on this podcast are a part of who just like no holds barred will play that game eternally and sort of like forever and love it no matter what. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. quite there. I really like the franchise, but like, it's got it's like up and down, but I, I mean, really like anyone who, anyone who's making comparisons to Breath of the Wild is absolutely off their rocker. Uh, Breath of the Wild is a masterpiece of a game and has way more ideas uh, and is just a far bigger game than this game that is good, but slots you into, you know, a few of the same instances with a few different monsters each time. That's like just it's just not even comparable. So people who are like, this is like this is like neck and neck with Breath of the Wild for best Switch game ever. We're like so hyperbolic for a game that is really good. Uh, but it just seems like just so much, so much smaller in comparison. I think that there's a set of people. And I mean, this is this is true of a lot of types of games. I mean, WoW is definitely like this, too, where like the particular gameplay loop that this game just like sits in forever is just like deeply satisfying to a certain type of person. And so mm-hmm. for those people, like I can see why the Breath of the Wild can't make sense because it's like oh, this is just, I get to do the thing I like eternally. Um, right. But, and it and it executes that thing very well. That's just not my favorite thing. I like it. I really love the fucking monster design. I think the monster designs are so cool. Um, mm-hmm. I think the weapons are sweet. I think that the, like, that just, like, the exploring is fun. I just end up fighting all the monsters the same way, though. I'll be honest with you. Like, ev- the monster designs are cool, but you're pretty much just dodging left and right and... It, it's like we can 
I'm so, I'm just the monsters are more varied in Breath of the Wild too. I just like I'm not trying I'm not trying to compare them. What I'm just saying is it's like they're just so different and Monster Hunter Rise is such a good but like smaller game. Yeah. Uh that, that that's trying to do something much smaller in scope. Yeah, you know, I think the Monster um, Hunter I mean, Rise thing is that like it wants you to switch weapons and the and like you switch weapons that makes you mm-hmm. play each fight differently and that's how you get the different fight experience rather than the monsters forcing that so you can like master certain weapons. Yeah. Which is an interesting and approach, but it's not it's, like it's like a target dummy approach. And I think that's so stupid. Like it's like, oh, I could do that against a target dummy then. And it's like you I would I should I should like many video games want to use a different weapon set to fight against a certain boss style. And I feel like the bosses are visually different, but like, okay, this one rolls a little bit. This one can fly. Most of the time I'm hitting their tail or I'm trying to run and hit their face and then run to the side. Yeah. It's a little repetitive. I do think that there's a little bit more variance when you're giving credit for it, just cause like you've got like the dude who swims around in the mud and pops out and surprise attacks. You've got like the tongue, the tongue armadillo. You've got the, the, the big bat monkey who throws fruit. Like there's some, var- I do like the monkey. Um, there is some variance there, but like, you're right that, that I think the way a lot of people approach this game, the way the game is kind of built to be approached in a lot of ways is like you pick a weapon set and totally. you, you master the weapon set and you level it up. And because you could, because it takes resources to level up a weapon set, it's not worth investing in like multiple or whatever until you're like replaying stuff and like reclassing or whatever. And so you do end up kind of doing some samey stuff. I think you could, there probably is a best weapon for each monster, but the gradient difference is such that like, yeah, okay. But like I could keep using my two swords as dodge more or whatever. So I don't need to use the guitar thing or the bow or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and the, and the weapons are really inventive and so interesting. You are right that like that is where the most diversity of, of like play style comes into. I, I completely agree. Um, but it's just like for me, in order to feel that diversity, I have to put 300 hours into the game. And that's not a good format for me. Like I would like to feel the diversity of the game in 60 hours or 80 hours. And it's like very unfair to be like, oh, you just have to devote your resources a hundred times each time, like into all these guns in order for the game to feel different. I think that's just basic bad design. Um, And I think that like if if the game's variances really depend on using all the different weapons, then make them more accessible um, and make switching to them not as punishing. Have you done the have you done much of the rampage stuff? Um. Is that the is that the tower defense stuff? Yeah, that kind of thing. I did it twice and it was fun. I like those. And I think those do push you a little bit more to play with the variants mm-hmm. because of like the number of bad guys and like the spaces change and like you're dealing with a lot more variables. So I think that does get a little bit more of the experience that you're talking about into the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the actual monster hunting does sort of like and this isn't universal. There are definitely some monsters that are like it is clear to use like a different weapon. Or whatever, but for the most part, I think you're right. But like that, the rampage does let you force you to kind of switch your approach and like change things up in the way that I think is a little bit more compelling to to both of us than the sort of base Mm -hmm. version of the game. And it's like, I think the environments of this game are really, really pretty. Um, And then like, it's amazing that it's like running on the switch, even though it doesn't look as good as Breath of the Wild on the switch. Um, It still like has this sort of glitchy quality to it and like a thinness to some of it sometimes. Um, But it looks really good. But, you know, most of the lands, they don't really have secrets or anything. You know, it's like it's just it's just land that you're sprinting across. <laughs> and, and I just or you're riding like I, your cool dog and you're and that's cool. And and, 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 and and they do make traversal fun and not too slow. Um, And I like trying to like hunt down these monsters that are running away from you. But like, yeah, I just. I'm not attached to the the world in the way that I think people are just like so obsessed with it. And I think it's just, yeah, I think these people that really love it are addicted to this like core loop, which I agree is very fun. And, and, I, and I think I'm sounding like I'm being I feel like I'm sounding like I'm being pretty down on the game, but I'm enjoying it. You know, I turn it on at night in my bed for like half an hour, kill a monster and then pass out, fall asleep. Um, and I, I've only been using the dual blades which uh just make me feel like levi from attack on titan yeah uh and they are when you like spin up in the air and then like spiral slide down the back just like slicing all the way it's like it's very cool when you pull that off um yeah i mean it's a game and i kind of respect this about it it's a game that is for the kind of people who like that kind of game and to those people it is like a fucking masterpiece of that kind of game and the game mm-hmm. just is not super duper. It's a little bit more than usual, but it's not super duper interested in 
people who don't like that kind of game. Like it's not trying to do something for everyone. It is trying totally. to do and something it, for it, yeah. these people. And it does a really it's good job. It's certainly not welcoming to, to everyone too. Uh, it, it, there, it just throws a million tutorials at you. And then some stuff that's really basic feels light and unexplained. Um, and, and like, you know, I figured it out eventually and I got, and I figured out like, Oh, they map the buttons in a strange way. And I got used to that too, but it's like, yeah, it definitely takes a second. Um, but you know, I think it's a fun game. And I think if we look at just the big switch titles in general, not outside of like the good indies that are on switch or like yeah. the ports from other places, but just these like main titles that only get released to the switch, I would still say it's probably up there for me. I mean, you know, in terms of big boy games, I think that, you know, I think it's still up there. I just, you know, it's just nowhere near like an Odyssey, uh, a Breath of the Wild. Um, what's another like top tier Switch game? Um, Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild. Um, what's another juicy there one? There was one other really big one. Um, Jesus I, Christ. I mean, Fire Emblem was a little disappointing. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say Fire. I was, I was going to say Fire Emblem. I love, I still fucking love that game. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, that was a big one. That was a good one. And I'll fucking, um, I'll, I'll play, I mean, you know me, I'll play a million J, uh, tactics RPGs until I'm dead. So like, I still think though that like the big part that I think I'm missing from the game that like makes me feel like I should give it a better review is I haven't done the online and I could see the online being pretty fun. Yeah, we should, we got to do that together. I just got to figure out how to get my switch on the ethernet. You why my Wi-Fi, too- my Wi-Fi just sucks, dude. We've this is like a yeah. this is a canonical part of the show has been me trying to fucking it's just mm-hmm. a, the where the house is is such that the only ISP that services it is Spectrum. Yeah. Um and Spectrum sucks. And it's like Google Fiber is like five blocks away. Yeah, that's right. Uh so yeah, Monster Rise, fun game. Uh check check it out if you're looking for just kind of like a a, a, a a simple gameplay loop you can zone out to. A cool thing, well, a fun fact about that game is we did this wisecrack video about it. People got super mad because it was like very sponsored and they were like, I can't believe this whole video is an ad. And it's like you think we'd be allowed to make a video about Monster Hunter if someone wasn't paying us a ton of money to do it, you ding-dongs? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we one thing that I learned while I was doing that and that we talked about a little in the video is that the monsters are mostly based on, like, Japanese yokai, like, demon creatures. Mm-hmm. And, like, checking out the creature designs and comparing them to, like, their originals is, like, very cool. And they do a really cool nice. job of, like, of like matching them up in a, in a fun, interesting way. Um and that's just like a fun fact that I learned that was really cool to me and that I thought they did a good job with. Yeah. You know, I, it's like I, I can't help but also mention that I felt bad for these animals. They're running away from you. They're just <laughs> living on their own. And and it's like they try to build these animals up to be villains. But every time they have a villain intro, it's just them doing basic animal hunting for food. It's like they're not being mean to anyone. They, they never shows them like kill a human. And so I'm like, uh, I, I what we're doing is wrong. Yeah, totally. It's it's out of, it's it's it, the rampage at least gives it some context, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. that makes it seem fair. And like that's one thing that's missing from this game that I like in the other ones is that like there usually used to be a character called the handler mm-hmm. who I don't think has popped up in this game as far as I played it, who like is an endemic life researcher whose whole thing is like figuring out all the monsters and creatures that live in the place. Yeah. And that like gave it some meaningful context where it was like, oh, you're doing this for the sake of like a bigger project. Um. But in this game, you don't have that. You just have the rampage thing. And so some monsters are like, they're not currently rampaging, but I'm chasing them down with my sword anyways. And it's like, well, that seems rude. Well, uh, speaking of rude, let's talk about Outriders. Okay, cool. We're saving my favorite for last. Um, Yeah, Outriders, pretty fun. I think a lot going on in that game. (laughs) (laughs) It it is the most soupy of soups <laughs> yeah it of really game is soups i've ever sipped yeah it's an absolute it panera is, bread bowl of a game it is a firm panera broth and it is it is spilling off the sides yeah <laughs> it's, there's just so much you know it's like i don't and like <laughs> when it started i was like so in on it because like to me i love generation ship stuff <laughs> Like, I love that concept. Every generation of story is so interesting to me. You land on this planet and it's like, okay, you got to go do stuff. And then like the first, the first warning sign to me was I was like crawling out to like do the first mission. And the game is like, 
you could sneak up on the animal and get its DNA. And I was like, oh, this game's going to actually do all kinds of bullshit, isn't it? Like, this is, <laughs> this game is going to be so many things. And I could already smell yeah. it. And then as you go on, just more and more and more gets piled on top of that. My first thing was like, uh, okay, this game has 10 premises. Like, like you guys don't need 10 premises. Like, the first one is like, okay, they're like, they're like, Earth is destroyed. So they're like leaving space and they're in these like ships and like one ship is destroyed. Then they're like, okay, we find an alien planet that we've crash landed on that's like hard to live on and we're going to have to figure it out that's another premise and then it's like okay actually you're you're cryogenically frozen and now you wake up in a future okay another premise and also on top of that no you then you're given a power on top of that which makes you different it's like guys just do one fucking g- game right, <laughs> like you don't have to do every premise at once the original premise like just the premise you get in like the first 20 minutes is like a great game hook. Yeah. Like an absolutely awesome story. It's like, oh, we're a generation ship. One ship's already down, so the stakes are very high for like getting it right with this ship. You're on this planet. It's full of alien nonsense. You got to make it work. Go play the game. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that's awesome. But then it adds, yeah, right. It layers the credits, like the freezing, the future, and this, the powers, and the, all the Outriders stuff. And it becomes so confusing. <laughs> to, to me, with Outriders... It, it like like big picture the story of outriders is like you can have people who are really 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 incredible at making like a core game i'm talking like game developers you know they can they can bring the beautiful artistry to make something look incredible and a snappy fun gameplay and they can have all these elements just kind of firing on all cylinders and then whoever's in charge of narrative walks in and shits all over it i think that so many games are hampered by these awful awful people that they hire to write their games and i think it's because so often like writing and narrative of video games comes from within like the the actual people who like make the games or the executives or the or the directors or lead developers of the game as opposed to actual writers and i think there is a big difference there and it's like Everything about Outriders is incredible. The gameplay fucking rocks. But then every time a cutscene happens, I'm reminded that this is the shittiest game of all time. Yeah. I, I mean, the the thing with that, one, one element of that that is true and, and also weird, and this game is a little bit guilty of, is that like I think a lot of especially modern games like think that story happens in cutscenes and then game happens in the rest of the game. Do you know what I mean? That like when you're when the cutscenes are the part where like you tell the story of the game and the rest of the game is just like this the fun playing part and those are two distinct things whereas like good games the act of playing the game playing through stuff tells you a lot of the story and the, the cutscenes are for like the climactic action of like those reveals like bioshock for instance is a, cl- a great example of this where like just doing bioshock stuff tells you a whole lot of the story and what's going on. And then there's occasional cutscenes and dialogue sequences. There's like environmental story. It's not, it's not always necessary to have that. Like, like mass effect operates with not that much environmental story. Like, like especially like a mass effect one, like most of the story does happen in the cuts. Well, no, but there's also like, there's like shit. People are yelling at you while you're running around. There's like the setting main hub cities. But I'm thinking about like, when we go to planets, you know, it, it is like battle areas and then like, yeah, but even the battle areas, at least to me versus like outriders and shit have like more flavor and more like, for sure more like stuff going on and it feels less like just dependent on the cutscenes to tell like like i feel like you could take a mass effect level draw me into it even if i never played them 55 times already and then like i could kind of tell the story of what was going on in a way that i couldn't with outriders i mean i mean my gripe isn't even with like there's not that, that there's not enough story it's that there's too much and it's dog shit that like it's like it's like if you're gonna have like fifth grade writing make it brief but instead they make you sit in it and there are like really really long cutscenes that just are incredibly amateurly directed the voice acting is terrible in this game i always pick the female version in games and it's like i and like i remember playing female uh shepherd in mass effect 3 and it being like an incredible incredible powerful voice actor and op- better than the male actor much better but like this voice actor in outriders is terrible every line takes me out of this game and 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 just the just the dreary blandness of the narrative of the conversations of the dialogue is so unacceptable so so just insulting to my intelligence patience and time that it's like 
it's just so infuriating and it drags the game down in an insanely big way, way bigger than anything with its launch issues, which were, you know, uh, for a couple of days, a shit show. But I think the larger issue with the game is just that, like, this fifth grader who's writing it is overstaying his welcome. Yeah, it's just it's too much. And it's just like it gets so in the, its own gets so in its own way. Well, and that, that's part of what I mean with, like, the, the gameplay versus cutscenes thing is that, like, the cutscenes have so much stuff. They're putting so much onto the game that the gameplay moments just feel so irrelevant because it's like the next cutscene is going to just recontextualize everything all over again into some like new nonsense every time. And that's And I want to mention a specific because because we haven't I haven't mentioned enough specific, but I, speaking of new nonsense, um, there is a, a re, in the first three hours, I met three different characters that immediately after I met them, they were shot in the back of the head. Yeah. <laughs> It happened three times in like uh, like two hours. Like like I met I met a side quest guy who was like, come down this alleyway. I was like, oh, a quest giver. Then a guy just shoots him in the back of the head. And it's like, oh, there's like a mysterious sniper woman. And it's like she saves your life. And it's like, oh, wow, this is going to be a character I get to know. Next scene, she's shot in the back of the head. And we're like, no, she's dead now. It's like, I don't know who she is. I don't care. Stop shooting people in the back of the head. It right. doesn't make you look cool. It doesn't make your game look gritty or like, oh, they went there and did that. It's just random and insane yeah and there's no well, i mean they're obviously in like a real life setting there's a lot of things wrong with shooting someone in the back of the head but like in a video <laughs> game like it's fine if characters get shot in the back of the head it's even like kind of interesting if it's a recurring thing that happens but if it happens right away when you meet people it doesn't mean anything like if throughout a game npcs that you know are getting shot in the back of the head by a mysterious guy and that's like a plot like that's a plot that's fine but when it's just like randos are getting randomly shot in the back of the head throughout the game it's like great i just don't care about anyone because any Anyone's just yeah. gonna get shot in the head right away. Who gives a shit? It was it was insane. And, and like and like to me, I was like, there's no way like this couldn't be played as a joke. But instead, it's like it's like they're doing it so often. Like, this is this a joke? And they're like, no, like, take me seriously. And it's just like, this is just so fucking cringe. Um, but then, you know, I really, really want to talk about the good aspects of the game now. I mean, this game fucking rocks to play. It feels really, really good. People were comparing it to um, like a Gears of War cover style shooter. But in actuality, um, it's it's a game about fluid motion a lot in the same way that like Doom is or something like that, um, because essentially you regain health by attacking and using your powers. And if you kind of just hide behind cover the whole fight, you're actually going to lose. Um, and so it, it's a game about like fluid motion um, that like just makes it feel different than a destiny or a borderlands or another type of looter shooter. It ha it holds a unique game style place in the looter shooter genre. And it's so fun to play and it has so many ideas within it. Yeah. I like, I really like the way the combat stuff works. Cause what you said, cause I hate hiding undercover in games. I like doing shit. And like, I understand that there's like a cool, that people who aren't me find like a cool tension and like, picking your spot of when to pop out of cover and do the damn thing and like finding the good spot and strategizing in that way. And oh my God, this guy's got 55 different drinks and he's just going through fucking on his camera. Holy shit. I'm like chucking three. Different yeah. You've things. got so many beverages. Um, I have another one. Right Jesus Christ. Um, but yeah, like, like shit. <laughs> hey, look, man, you know, uh, you gotta have your Beverly's. Um, <laughs> but like it's, I like that about it a lot because to me, I just get bored and impatient when I'm like trying to pick my spots through like uh, fucking ducking and dodging and stuff. And so that this game rewards you for like not necessarily being impatient, but like being active and doing things and engaging in like constant motion feels a lot better to me because I don't get that kind of bored to it does not take long for me to be like, um, which is weird coming from a guy who mostly plays turn based RPGs, but like in a shoot, if I'm playing a non turn based game, I want to be like, go, 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 go the whole time. And so this game mm -hmm. kind of encourages that in a way that I find appealing. Yeah. Um, and then like the classes are all really distinct um, and they all have like really, really fun, different abilities. I picked the trickster. Uh, which one did you pick? Um, I don't even remember. I haven't played in a so, few. I was the trickster. I was like, and the, I was trickster like whatever, like, the, the, the heavy shooty guy was. Yeah, I was dang. Uh, there's like four classes uh, and yeah so the trickster is really fun because you can teleport behind people and then like laser sword them and stuff and uh, it's just all about kind of like dodging and teleporting uh, and it's really satisfying and you know it, it, for a lot of ways that 
this looks like a destiny clone in terms of like even like the menus look a little bit like too much like copy pasted from destiny this is a different game style than destiny like destiny is about jumping and you can't even jump in this game um and, and destiny is about being floaty and like having this kind of floaty big kind of like larger than life combat uh Outriders is about blasting through dudes in like hallways. Um, yeah. And I think it's pretty satisfying so far. And the other big thing that I think made me step back and say, damn, like this game could do a lot is like they have this spell casting for their bosses, which I thought was so missing in so many other games of this store. Like uh, basically you can see that the bosses have cast bars like in something like World of Warcraft or something and you need to use your spells to interrupt like their certain abilities um, and, and I think that like even that basic amount of like oh like seeing that the boss has different abilities and that you have abilities to interrupt and use them at the right time like like not even like destiny really does that yeah and like and, and and i was like this is like such an interesting way to like take what was traditionally like a world of warcraft or like an rpg mmo keyboard concept and put it into like an action shooter and i was like ah i want them to like this team has ideas like this team has ideas and could like build something really interesting out of this game um but then the narrative reminds you and it just comes back in and it's like, oh, like we can't take this game seriously. Yeah. <laughs> it seems like it could evolve into a really fun, just like goof around with your friends online co-op experience thing, especially once they get the cross platform stuff sorted out. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't think it's going to have the legs of me. To, I don't think it has the legs to be like a $60 game experience like it presents itself to me. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, um, if the next, if the first expansion is like free or something, I think that could definitely, yeah, that, like that would go a, a long argument. way towards me changing my mind about that. Um, and I still, again, it's another game where I would like to play online with you sometime if you're available. Well, I've got, uh, I got, it's on the PS5, so that's an easy, that's an easy one to play online. Yeah, because I do think that like there was probably something that we both missed by not playing this one like with another person and like combining powers and stuff yeah. and seeing how all that well, stuff worked let's figure out if we have one other friend um <laughs> and then we can all play sometime this week um but let's get I do. to we have grady who's been on before can uh oh hell yeah grady rules. um okay so our final game that we're talking about is what i'm most all excited right. about sure and that is odd world soul storm soul storm i fucking I, I'm loving it. Ba -da -ba -ba -ba. Nice. Um, nice. I, it's funny because what I did is I got it. I played the first level and was like, you know what? I should replay the first odd world. Cause this is like a, a total remake and expansion and, and, and like, uh, like a much bigger version of the second auto world games. So like I'll go back and play the first one. Started Directly the linked narrative. I was like, they're talking about a game. I don't remember at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first one is it's very similar, but the first one is like way more frustrating in a lot of ways. Like it's just not, it doesn't like do everything exactly right in the same ways. Like I loved it still. Cause I love, I love the shit, but like, it's like the bombs are much harder to deactivate. It doesn't actually explain to you how possessing works, even though there are parts where you have to possess guys. Like, um, it just isn't as clear and like how it teaches you stuff and like what's going on. And soul storm I thought was really clear and really fun and not aggravating in those ways. I mean, it's, it's aggravating with all odd world games like that are aggravating because they're built on trial and error in a lot of sort of a lot of ways, which is, yeah, which is annoying unless they're kind of used to it. But it has like it's kind of dark soulsy to me in that way where it's like you're meant to die a lot and then sort of figure mm -hmm. it out as you go. Um, just don't let your friends die. Um, but yeah, I fucking I love it. I mean, I love it for a lot of reasons we can get into. What do you think about it? <laughs> Um, frustrated. I'm very, very frustrated with this game. Um, I played it for about three hours and then quit. <laughs> um, it was very triggering for me. Very, very triggering because it's not that it's hard. It's that one wrong move and you have to go back and do a series of difficult maneuvers again that like aren't inherently fun to me in the way that like the platforming in Hollow Knight was fun or like, uh, um, you know, the way that like a Dark Souls boss is fun for me. Like, I'm like, oh, like it's not that like, oh, I get to do this part again. It's like I have to do this part again. And, it, and like that exhaustion set in so early for me with some of this stuff. That um, is my my one note on this one is that the checkpoints are pretty annoyingly far spaced out. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's frustrating because I really like that every level is just like a series of like hard puzzles. 
Um, yeah. It's just frustrating that it will be like three hard puzzles in a checkpoint. And so then when you get to the checkpoint, like then if you die on the last of those hard puzzles, it's like, oh, great. I have to do two more. I have to redo two hard puzzles. And then I have to do a third hard puzzle I still haven't solved yet. And if I don't solve it, I have to do all three of them all then over you have again. To, and like while I was streaming, it just felt like I was like really like I, it was the, it was just the, it was not it's not a good game to stream Maybe it's a game that you can play by yourself too but like a, i was like so frustrated that i like was losing to this like what it felt like a baby game yeah <laughs> but like it is i can i imagine it's a bad game for streaming um but one thing i do like about it that they maintain from the original games is that like because the core reason i like Oddworld games and i'll say this this is another thing about this this format of Oddworld game isn't even my favorite type of Oddworld game my favorite Oddworld game is stranger's wrath which is like a, a a perspective switching shooter where like you harvest bugs to shoot out of your crossbow and you run oh, around weird. and you're like sniping guys and fighting it and fighting and like doing like using different kinds of ammo to like do different kinds of tricks. Is it a 3D like Red Dead Redemption? It's kind of Red Dead Redemption. Eh? Um, weird. It's it's cool. It's really fun. I really like it. Um, but the core thing about Oddworld games that I love is that the basic truths of the world of Oddworld is that like, like authenticity and friendship and solidarity are like karmically rewarded and selfishness and like, like capitalistic tendencies are punished and everyone's like a weird little freak who's farting all the time. Yeah. Um, yeah, um, And that that shit all rules. And that's like why it's so funny. It's almost the opposite of the outrider of the outriders issue for me, where I was getting very attached to the story, but the game wouldn't let me get to the story again. Like I was like very pissed because it's like this game from the beginning, like 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 got me at my core. I like felt like a kinship with these like little baby like species of just like blue guys that are like totally helpless to these like evil people that like want to like use them as fucking fuel um and i was like instantly all with them on their journey and it just seemed like all the stakes were stacked against them and i was like i'm here for this and like the opening where you're like escaping was really like visually thrilling and like the airship and like everything and i was like my jaw was dropped i was like i love this world i love this story and i want these guys to make it out of this but then the gameplay like two hours in started to get very very like dexterously difficult um and i just was like man i just would love to like have a little more flow to this game so i could get to the next story beat i'm not saying no puzzles i'm saying just a little bit more of a flow to the puzzles um that like wasn't as punishing um so i could see that next story beat and i know that's just like maybe it's just not a game that's for everyone. I mean, I think a big reason, like <laughs> there's many reasons why this game is free right now, but I think one of them is that it is too hard. And I think that like, I don't think you could sell this game for like $50 and have people be happy about it. I think people will be very frustrated with this game when it's free. I don't think people are going to be mad, but like another reason of course, is that PlayStation is very low on play PS five exclusives. So they wanted to give people something to buy the PS five for. I get that. And it's incredible that it's free. I mean, what a high production game to like yes. get for free. But, but I do have this feeling that I'm not sure this game would succeed at a full tag price based on how just frustrating it yeah, is. I think that one, there's two, two things that are true with odd world games is one of the thing I already said about the check marks, like the check, the checkpoints just being like too spaced mm-hmm. out given the difficulty of the puzzles. And the second is that like fucking just make what's called normal in this game hard, make an extra hard setting and make easy normal. Cause like, just like this game, like you said, what's compelling about the, I don't I don't know a ton of people. Maybe I'm wrong. And I say this is like a big Oddworld fan who's like played every single Oddworld game. I don't know a ton of people who are like, oh, the reason I play Oddworld games is because like I fucking love the challenge. It's because like the story in the world is so fun and like the puzzles are fun. It's fun to solve puzzles. But like the fact that they're super difficult is not to me a mega asset to this game. Like it's mm-hmm. it does feel rewarding when you win because you're solving a bunch of hard puzzles, but it's like, sometimes it's like, is it worth it to do the same puzzle like 15 times and just like not be having fun by like the fifth time just so at the end you can be like, yes, I did it. Like, I don't know if that's a good, a good trade off. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe like off stream some late night, I might flip it back on again, give another shot because like, I do like the world and everything. Um, and I think it's like, 
it, you know, it is a really beautiful game too. It's like a beautiful game to look at. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like I'm, I'm on the fence on it. It's so funny though, but yeah, it's just, it's just the opposite of the outriders problem where it's like, give me more of this good story, but you're hiding it from me. You fucks. Yeah. Um, Cause the story is know. so good. Um, but uh, yeah, like uh, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's so weird. It's a weird time just in gaming because like, I didn't expect to buy a bunch of games in the last two weeks. And then I did. Um, and shit's about and, and, to pop off with like yeah. resident evil village. Uh, that weird um, Robin hood thing looks kind of cool. Uh, fucking the, the mass effect the, the, re- remaster. I'm about to play today. I'm in the beta for uh grit, which is basically if Fortnite was about cowboys. Great. Uh, what the world really needs is more. What if <laughs> Fortnite, but X, but other thing. Listen, um, I think they do because honestly, I just think that Call of Duty is too sweaty now. And like, I can't like, pl- like battle royales are still the best way to play with your friends. Um, and like Call of Duty is just too hard for most people. Um, yeah. And so is Fortnite. So it's like whenever there's a new battle royale, it is an opportunity to get your like bad at games friends to like have a good time before everyone's sweaty at it. Yes, I am inclined to agree. Although I will also say this same thing is true about Smash, which you hate. Uh, well, Smash is Smash has never had a new game. They just copy paste the same game. Hey, that's oh, buddy. They took the wave dashes out after Melee. Everything changed. Yeah, um, you're right. Now they just like add anime girls. Hey, lots of people are here for anime girls. So what are you going to do about that? That's just that's just <laughs> fucking economics at work, my man. I mean, apparently everyone is anti sword now. With too many sword characters. Um, yeah. Well, there's been a lot of sword characters. They've added a lot. Um, I'm never anti-sword. You know me. I think the blade is the coolest shit in the world. And you can always design a cool sword, but uh, people disagree with me about this. So yeah, um, th- those were the those were the games, guys. Oh, I want to give a shout out to uh, a little chatter our face for listening to every episode of this podcast. Oh yeah, Some shouts we- to our face. That's crazy. <laughs> That's disgusting. They said that they listened to every episode in reverse, and um, yeah. Uh, Shouts out. Bad. Respect. <laughs> Thank you. Respect to respect to our face, man. Um, respect. Now, everyone, everyone else do that. And do, like, what you got to do is I think people are people who support the podcast should start doing sort of what people did for Justin Bieber, where they would just put their Spotify on mute when they went to bed and mm-hmm. like let it loop the like the songs and just do that with the podcast. Like just go mm. to bed, mute your computer, and then let it just play episodes of Game Boys, so that we just start to rack up views. I think that's mm-hmm. if you could do that for us, yeah, um, that would be huge. Yeah. Oh, dude, it's a, it's a, it's a really dark. It's a, it's. I have to avoid the internet because there are, there literally everyone is spoiling Attack on Titan right now. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the key it's is not safe. I, or I have to start reading the manga. Yeah, you're gonna have to read that. Read that nasty manga. Um, although the ending sounded nice. I read about it. Oh, you already read about it. Okay, cool. Woo! Yes. Okay. I don't want to know anymore. Uh, but you know, you know, what's really fucked up though. Uh, as we fade out here, yo, fuck YouTube thumbnails. Okay. All these attack on Titan manga people, they're putting the spoilers in the thumbnails. That's not okay. You can't, you can't put an image on a thumbnail that me as an, a smart, avid consumer of media will then A to C what it means. Come on. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree. You got to be good about the thumbnails. We do that a lot at work. That's a big a big point of discussion is thumbnails. They got to be alluring, but they can't give too much away. All right. All right. Well, that's Game Boys. That's Game Boys. Uh, Griffin, do you want to plug anything? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Choom Room, guys. We'll see you there Monday through Friday. Hell yeah. Um, we're going to be shooting the next PWR guy den uh, in a week, or I guess the, the, the Sunday after you guys hear this, which means the next episode's coming up soon. Uh, and the last episode will be on YouTube soon. So check that out. And also check out Haley on every Saturday podcast and add eat every sound on YouTube and Instagram. Hell yeah. Play us out. It was a video game week. Outriders is a game. Now it's a Mario game too. Rip to DMX. Um, yeah. Speaking of riders. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the outest of riders, rough rider. Right